Happy Friday, theater lovers. This week's guest is the funky, hilarious, and down-to-earth Shauna Nellis. I did my best to shield y'all from my cackle laughter, but Shauna is so dang funny. I mean, there's only so much a girl can do. We talk about how theater can lift us up and help us through the tough stuff, how society has shaped women and how we perceive ourselves, and she shares a few stories about mischievous theater antics, too, on the show. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot to mention, I used the B word in this episode, um, and I meant it. So, you know, shield your children accordingly. Okay. <laughs> Welcome, Shauna Nellis, to Sorry You Famous. Ugh, that gives me so much anxiety, I can't tell you, to say someone. I just found out I've been saying Henry's name wrong this whole time, because I kept saying Camino, and it's Canino. Oh, oh that's awesome. So, anyway, um, so to start off, how you and I know each other, and my goodness, is it nice to see your face, is oh, we, uh, we worked together on Miracle on 34th Street, which was my very, very first show, and... Yep. Um, something I think about often especially in the climate that we're in right now is the scene in my monologue where I had to spit on you and Carly uh perpetrated you were so funny (laughs) the two of you your reactions to me like trying to keep a straight face when you're both wiping yes oh the joys of theater that was yeah body fluids and theater who knew (laughs) this is the thing I will say quickly too uh I seem to I wonder if it's the overlap of our audio. Every once in a while, you cut out. And I think it has to... So I may occasionally have to ask you to repeat. I don't know why that's happening. But anyway. uh, Yeah. So, uh, but you've been in like a lot of stuff with with the Imperial. Uh, How did you get get started with the Imperial? Well, so I didn't start with the Imperial. I actually started at um, Petrolia Community Theater. I lived in Petrolia, grew up in Petrolia. And I'll take you back to when I was a little, I was, I was a little over the top, kind of a, a little dramatic. And me and my very best friend decided one day that we were actresses, just one day. And we found my mother's glasses from the 70s that were missing the glass. We put the glasses on and we marched our butts up to uh, the, the theater in Petrolia and knocked on, uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, lovely lady, um, sort of ran the place. We knocked on her door and announced ourselves as actresses and asked for a job. And bless her heart, I think I was 12 years old, she hired us to hand out programs at some shows, you know, and then, and then years passed and, you know, I, I never ever developed my, my acting skills at, at age 12, but um, when I was 17, I believe it was, I auditioned for um, Caesar and Cleopatra at Petrolia Community Theatre, and I got the part of Cleopatra. I just fell in love with the theatre. It was a lot of uh, a lot of dialogue. It was a great show. It was um, it was a real learning experience for me. And then um, I did Cyrano de Bergerac not too long after that um, with Petrolia, and then uh, eventually found my way to Sarnia, and I don't even remember what the first show, I think it was a, a one act that I did with John LaRue called Email. And, uh, and then that's sort of how I got my foot in the door with, uh, with Sarnia and the rest is history. That is so adorable, that story about you as a kid and how, and, and where is that, that confidence? Like we seem to lose that over time, right? Like you just marched up to that place, decided this is what was happening. And now here you are worried about a podcast with little old me. I am 
been agonizing over this podcast. So, I mean, as you know, you asked me way back when, and I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> but it, it took listening to all of my amazing, um, you know, friends in theater, like Charmaine and Henry, and, you know, it's just all these amazing people doing this podcast. I'm like, okay, like, this is, and this is Dallas. Like, let's have a chat. And Yeah, it, it's just, and that's the way I see it. It's just a little old me. Like, I couldn't be any more awkward or... Uh... <laughs> Or, I don't know, I think I'm easy to talk to, or I'd like to hope I am. But Absolutely. Thank you. So then, like, it was just spontaneous when you were a kid that you were going to be a, an actress. Is it? Is it in your family? Like, do you have no. siblings or anybody that... Not at all. I mean, my younger brother, I ended up bringing him along um, way back when in Petrolia. He hasn't done um, any theater in years. Uh, my kids have sort of dabbled a little bit, but I really am the only one in my family. And, and the funny thing is, is I would consider myself an introvert. You know, I, I don't, I, I'm not a party person. I, I'm not uh, super social. I, I really like to be home. But yet, theater is the one place where I can kind of be somebody else and, and let it out and be social. But I still need that downtime, right? Um, yeah, but uh, I have no idea where it comes from. It's it's nowhere in my family. Now, my mother is a, a visual artist, um, so arts are part of who I am, I think, but the theater piece, I have no idea. So you grew up with art around the house kind of thing? She's a visual artist, you said? Visual artist, but she didn't start until, you know, after I had grown and oh. just picked up a paint day, and away she went, and she's amazing, amazing, you know, and, and my dad for the government he was an investigator for the transportation safety board and you know he, I'm, I'm a lot like him sort of my my serious side and then I get sort of my artsy side from my mom and that's kind of wild and I can relate because there is no one in my family like my my siblings are all jocks my you know like it, it is not no one in in my family is like that I'm, I'm a little bit the black sheep like, oh there's Dallas being dramatic again kind of thing right Oh, you know, and I was always the kid in class who talked too much, and and I was always, you know, putting on voices and just very silly. And it's funny, I'm not really so much like that only anymore. I'm only like that with with the theater. Whereas as a child, I was like that in my life. And and you know, listening to you talk to Henry and how you know, as women, we we learn to be a certain way. And I feel like you know, society sort of pushes that down for women. You know, and and. Um, Theater gives me the opportunity to, to reconnect with that kid who wore glasses with no glass, you know, and, and, and be that person. So it, it's funny. And, and, and how do we force ourselves to, I guess, acknowledging with each other and identifying that we all have a similar problem and that we, right. can, you know, find ways to fight it, I guess. Right. Right. Do you, and, and I guess you've got, I know you have kids. Yeah. This is terrible of me. I know I don't. I have a son who's 21 and then another son who's about to turn 19 and then a daughter who is 13. So they all um, they all dabbled in theater. They did some group. Um, it didn't really stick for any of them, although they all did quite well with it. It's just something that they I, I hope deep down that someday they'll reconnect with theater, but it may not be for them. My son is very musical, my oldest. He's a musician. Um, so there's that piece. But yeah. And with your daughter, do you see, this just kind of occurred to me, and I'm putting you on the spot, so if this is a taboo, just say, no, thank you. But with your daughter, do you, and, and knowing this about yourself, how you were, when you were young, you were vibrant and creative, and then with time, kind of put yourself in that, that quiet box. Do you see that with, her, with your daughter, or? 
I do. And you know what? It's funny. I notice it happens right around that grade seven, eight mark where, you know, but that's the age where, you know, we, we sort of start to separate from our parents and, and become more concerned with our social circles. Right. And so, you know, I, I see it happening with her, but at home, you know, in her safe place, you know, she's still that same kid, but I do see, I do see it happen. It's, it's society. It's, it's how we learn to be. And it's, it's unfortunate. Was back when, you know, like, in the 80s <laughs> yeah so it's it's better now I think but yeah I do see it what do you think is different about home that she feels she's just comfortable that's her space yep it's just a safe space you know it's like you know for for moms there when your kids come home from school and then they just all hell breaks loose you know that's because place right so and, and thank goodness you know so uh you had mentioned because work was pretty crazy for you and thank you all the nurses in this world like there are not enough words but when we had decided to get together you were saying that things are getting a little bit less chaotic which thank goodness do yeah. you think do you think that theater you'll be able to get back into it now yeah so i actually decided that i was going to audition for a show for barefoot in the park and ended up um accepting a, a role backstage which oh. you know i it done once before and I was super excited to do and then again along comes COVID and totally stamps all over that so right now I'm in a really big transition sort of transitioning back to my original program at work from from exclusive COVID work so it's really hard for me right now to commit to anything just sort of it feels like everything is sort of up in the air and I'm really hopeful that you know we're we're on the road to recovery but on the other hand I need the theater so much you know after the two years of hell, excuse my French, but you know, it's been awful, you know, and working in healthcare has been, it's been really difficult. So I hope to get back to theater really, really soon. So you're not able to be in the backstage stuff? Um, I'm not sure really what's happening with that. Just uh, like I said, with, uh, with COVID, with, um, the, oh. the you know, third doses and all of that oh. stuff, my, you know, took the front seat again. And, and as you know, we had to sort of scale that back. We were in rehearsals and then we had to stop with the, you know, the newest wave. So everything just kind of stopped and my life got really crazy again with COVID. Um, so, you know, it, it's very hard. I, when I put myself into a show, I put everything I have into it. And with the uncertainty around COVID, I don't want to, you know, leave anybody hanging in theater yeah. so yeah that, so that's so tough you're, you're choosing your your job or or something that you're passionate about which it sounds like you're actually very passionate about your job as well or you wouldn't step up in these absolutely ways. i i work with the most amazing people who we have all just come together for this thing you know working public health in a pandemic is not for the faint of heart <laughs> and no i am very very proud of the work that we've done but i'm I'm tired. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. You're tired. Uh, oh, we've got a, a a young girl that's boarding with us, and she's going to school to be a nurse, and she's taking the fast track. And like, I want to like put chocolates on her pillow, and like, do you need a back rub? Like, how can I support you? Because we need more. And the the folks that are already there, like you said, gotta be tired. I I mean, yep. it's been exhausting for everyone else in different ways. So for you guys, I can't can't imagine. And I, we don't we don't have to keep talking about that. I'm sure you get enough of that in your daily life. I just really wanted a chance to say to say thank you, and hopefully hopefully with even with summer if that will make things a little bit no you're shaking your head maybe no I, I, oh no I'm, I'm nodding my head yes oh. I, I hope I'm just I, I have I still have hope that you know 
things are going to start in the right direction. So that hope, I feel like that is such an overarching theme of the last and, and uh, everybody just keeps pivoting like, oh, okay, well, that's not yep. going to work. So I guess we're going to do this now, which right. says a lot about, about humans, but um, okay, let's, let's switch gears. This is something sure. I like to ask. This is purely for my entertainment and selfishness. Do you have any stories about wardrobe malfunctions or even lines missed or, or anything like that? Well, yes. Um, so not necessarily wardrobe malfunctions, but there's a little thing that we, we sometimes do in theater where we kind of have a little fun, have a little fun with our, with our, um, our co-stars, right? So way back when, I remember, uh, I think it was in Cyrano de Bergerac, I had uh, somebody who had to hand me a, a bag of coins and I was handed a bag of condoms <laughs> on stage. And, and, and the thing is, is you have to stay in character and keep a straight face. So there was that. Here's what I had. Okay, so this is maybe not for PG, um, but I was in a show, a weekend comedy is what it was called. And this was not during showtime that I did this, but uh, I was working with somebody who was, was a little bit of a trickster and was constantly getting me. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to get this guy and I'm going to get him good. So um, I had to wear a little negligee. And part of the scene was that I had to sort of recline on a couch. And uh, weekend comedy was a story about two couples who rent the same cottage the same weekend by accident and decide to just make it work. So a younger couple and an older couple. So anyway, I was part of the younger couple. This is going back quite some time. And uh, the gentleman who was part of the older couple was the uh, the trickster, we'll call him that. And uh, if you're listening, Bill, <laughs> this is a story. Um, he still brings it up whenever I see him. So anyway, I had to recline back on this couch and I thought, you know what, I am gonna, I'm gonna break this man. I'm going to get him back. So I found a little piece of fake fur and I inserted underneath my little negligee in such a way that as I reclined it would be visible to him only. So that was probably one of the highlights of my uh, <laughs> of, of that time. It was, uh, it was fun. So not necessarily wardrobe malfunction but a little bit of fun that we had and this was during a dress rehearsal and not on stage. I don't think I would have dared do that uh, you know in the middle of it. Uh, so you, you, you oh my like my mascara's running because I'm laughing. <laughs> Like you, you, you tricked him with a merkin. That is too funny. That called. That's right. Yeah, the, the, was a little piece of fake fur. It was perfect size. It was the, quite large. You, <laughs> <laughs> you even thought of that. It's so funny. I uh, something that I hate editing out is the sound of my own laughter in these episodes. Right. Because I laugh, right. I'm, I'm that woman in a restaurant that's laughing really loudly and interrupting your meal. And editing it is just a nightmare because it's like, ah, 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 this cackle. And when you said bag of condoms, like I think my microphone just about burst. I laughed <laughs> so hard. And then, oh my gosh, that's so yes. funny. I can't believe you thought to do that. And then there was, there was also, my, my favorite show of all time was called uh, Not Now, Darling. That show, I played a, uh, a young lady who manipulates a fur shop owner into giving her furs. And at one point, she really doesn't want to take the fur coat off that she's wearing. All she has underneath is a pair of, uh, like, a, a cute little bra and underwear set. And so in the show, she takes the underwear off, throws them off the balcony, opens up her fur coat to all of, of London, England, 
and it kind of screams. So that part of that show, obviously I didn't do that. We had an extra set of this underwear sort of sewn in and I had to sort of throw that and that was, it's, it's something I always look back on fondly. That whole show was just so funny so funny. I had so much fun doing that with Jay Peckham and, and Dan White. Um, it just was, it was just so funny. So n- again, not a wardrobe malfunction, more like one of the little secrets of the theater and how we do, you know, fun things like that. So that's little so- secret pocket, extra pair of underwear inside. Go that's figure. That's so clever because I would have, obviously I'm never going to be a director or it's going to be a bit of a mess. I was thinking, oh, she must have been wearing an extra one underneath Right. But like right. how clever you just sew it into the pocket or you tuck it in there and then you would wiggle around as though you're doing it. Right. Exactly. So much fun. Yeah. Oh, wow. Huh. So dream roles. Have you already had your dream role or is it still um, out there? You know what? It's still out there. I, I don't know why. For some reason, I always would say Lady Macbeth just because I'm a super nerd and I, I love Shakespeare. And she's such a strong woman and such a crazy woman that I just, there's something about that role that I always thought would be fun. But, uh, you know, in listening to you, you speak with Henry, I'm really drawn to, to the same kind of things. You know, shows that have something to say. Shows that, uh, yeah, that, that bring things into light and, and force important conversations. And, you know, Fun Home was hands down, probably one of my most favorite shows I've ever watched. I saw it, I think, three times and cried every time. I just love that show. So, you know, that show and, you know, I had the, the privilege of working with Henry on, um, with Diversion Entertainment, working on a show called Cake. Um, and I did some backstage stuff for the first time ever. You know, speaking of lifting women up, you know, having these amazing, amazing women like Henry and Holly and, and, and people like that, that, you know, bring us alongside and say, hey, like, I'd really like you to try you know, doing this and, and having the opportunity to, I mean, she let me push buttons for, for pounds and light. And I mean, I do well with buttons. <laughs> Those things are scary. And then I, I got to do that with that show. So, so any shows that have something to say, like Cake, like Remember Maggie is another one that I did uh, years ago. It was written by actually a local playwright. And it's a, a show that sort of looked at, at Alzheimer's and is a fundraiser for St. Joseph's Hospice. You know, shows that have meaning which is not to say that I don't love you know crazy shows like I don't know Rocky Horror Picture Show or something where you're just having so much fun which also is another show that I would love to do but yeah shows that have have meaning so I I'm still discovering things you know and I feel like there's so many roles that I would love to do and some that I I don't even know about yet yeah fair enough I remember (laughs) this fond memory of you I think it was Chicago we were talking about Chicago and yes Tangled, yes, exactly. I want to do that too, but I'm getting a little old for it, I think. I don't think so. But I um, it, I was looking through, my husband and I like to go to Stratford, and it's playing in Stratford. And as soon as I saw the word Chicago, I had this memory of you being like, I, I would take dancing lessons. And then you were, you were standing in front of me, like kicking your leg up in the air. <laughs> yes. <laughs> With ferocity in your eyes, like, I, I'll learn, I'll kick my leg up. And see, that's it. Like dancing and singing are not my forte. Like I, I actually am really very afraid of, of doing those things. So, you know, I, all of the shows that I've done have not been musicals. I've, I've not done a musical before. So I always tell the story about, you know, again, going back to my childhood. 
good and and I didn't stop talking and I was in the class and I you know she was pretty hard and and she said I remember her saying to the class you know whoever's the last one to to put their books away and stop talking you know there's going to be a consequence well guess who it was it was me gave me stand up in front of the class and sing scales by myself and encouraged the class to laugh at me and and I I always come back to that story as being a really formative moment for me in eighth grade which is I mean it's hard already and I developed this fear of singing in front of, of people that lasted years. And I remember many years ago thinking, I've got to get over this. And there was an audition for, I think it was Hello, Dolly. I don't think that show ever ever went on. And I remember showing up to the audition and thinking, I can do it. I can sing. And opening my mouth and nothing coming out because it was so terrifying to me. So, you know, fast forward many years and I'm thinking, you know, like I really should, I really should try to get over that because it limits me so much and there's so many amazing musicals. So, and again, I'm going to come back to this whole lifting women up, um, Holly Wenning. She, you know, I ended up chatting with her and she was auditioning for Fun Home. And she said to me, Shauna, like, why don't you just audition? And I said, you know, I'm afraid of singing. And she just was so lovely and so encouraging to me that she actually planted a seed. And I thought, you know what? I might take a couple singing lessons and just see. So I took some singing lessons with Rachel Jackman and decided I was going to audition for the role of the mother in Fun Home. And, and for me, it wasn't really as much about getting the role because taking on a musical like that, like with no experience singing and, a, you know, no experience with musicals would have been really daunting. It was more I wanted to just, just do the audition. So I took some singing lessons and I, I showed up and I sang my heart out. And I, w- I have never been so scared. And um, Holly, <laughs> bless her heart, she just stood up as soon as I, I, I finished my audition walked around and just came up and gave me the biggest hug and I'm telling you that did so much for me you know it erased so much hurt that you know going back when I was a little kid and it was all I needed to give me the confidence to say okay I'm going to continue taking some singing lessons with Rachel who ended up getting the role of the mom and did such an amazing job and again kudos to her she helped me to learn the song that she sang for the role that she wanted and she did that for me which like, these are amazing women in this theater, right? And, and then anyway, fast forward, I, I decide, you know what? Grease is coming. I want to do a musical. So I auditioned for Grease and I sang again in front of people. And again, still terrified. I peed I don't know how many times before I even got into that. Not in my pants, though, thankfully. And, uh, and, and I did it. And I ended up getting a role in Greece, not a singing role, which is fine. But I got a role in a musical, and I was so excited. And then COVID wrecked it. COVID wrecked it. So, you know, it's still something that I want to do. Yeah, so, you know, I just can't say enough about how in the theater, in this theater, all these people, we all lift each other up. We're all so supportive and never once would I ever feel bad about somebody getting a role that I want or, or, and I've never had anybody be angry at me for getting a role that they may have wanted. Like it's just, just amazing people. And we all lift each other up and, and it's just such a great place. I I love them. I love all of you. (laughs) I, okay. Just one second though. This was a teacher that did this to you? Yeah, in eighth grade. You know, like I said, you know, I'm I'm in my 40s, so, you know, my, my school experience was in the 80s and 90s, and things were different then. Oh, you know, right. things were different. I was going to say, if this yeah. bitch is still alive, we should go and toilet paper her house. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if she is. And, you know, 
I'm sure she was a lovely lady, you know, maybe outside of school or, you know, people did things differently then, you it know, was different. but very hurtful. It was, it was hard for me as a kid and it, and it affected me and, you know, later on in life. But I, I'm proud to say that I'm, I'm not over it yet, but I'm, I'm getting there and I'm working on that fear. So I, I'm going to keep trying with the musicals. Now, the dancing, on the other hand, because I have zero dance training, trying out for a musical and doing that dancing, I like, I, like, I'm like sweating and I'm, I'm hurting in places that I've never hurt before. But, but I'm trying, I'm trying, so I'll keep doing it. I am so proud of you, especially as um, someone who also, I, I didn't experience a trauma like that when I was a kid, but I am terrified to sing. Like I sing, I sing in my shower. I remember my husband heard me for the first time singing in the shower and I didn't realize he was home. And he oh, said yeah. something as simple as like, oh honey, you sounded nice in the shower. And I was like, what? What? Yeah, that's awesome. You heard me? Like, and he is the most supportive man that ever lived. But so, yes, very proud of you for tackling that and like continuously like just getting out there. And it's one of the first things that I'm going to do is, is unfortunately, we've I think Rachel has moved away now. So, you know, I need to find a new person to do some some voice training with me. And I, I just really want to keep on that because I, I will never be a good singer. Like, I, you know, and, and I feel like there will be a role someday where there's a woman who sings badly and that <laughs> For me so but but still I'd like I'd like to pursue that just because I feel like you know there's so many goals and I really want the experience of being in a in a big ensemble like that like it just it's just so much fun. I was having so much fun with Greece just for the short time that we did it and you know sitting there with uh, you know with everybody and and the, the sheet music and going oh my gosh I'm so out of my league here but this is so cool right so I can't imagine something like Greece won't come back, especially given how far you guys got with it. I can't imagine. You guys got quite a ways through yeah. that. And this town loves their musicals. And Greece is oh, such a, a favorite amongst oh, who doesn't. Absolutely. It would have been sold out. It would have been sold out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So hopefully, yeah. Um, so, so do you think down the road that maybe directing would be something you would want to tackle? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I need more backstage experience, you know, and I've just started to sort of dip my toes into that with, you know, helping Henry with cake and, uh, and then with Barefoot in the Park, that little bit of experience there. I, I feel like I need more backstage experience before I would want to take on directing, which that feels very intimidating to me. Um, I, I love how we do the one acts to sort of help people to, to, have that experience and and I love acting in the one acts An- another one of my favorite shows was was a one act that I did it was Lady of Larkspur Lotion by Tennessee Williams and it was Ashley Carlisle that uh, that directed that one and it's Kit McMillan and Chris Ateski and oh my gosh we had so much fun with that and and I, I love that the one acts give people the opportunity to um, you know to try their hand at directing and and I really hope Ashley directs something because it was such a great experience and and it, it turned out so, so well. So, you know, there's so much talent in this city and so many people that I feel like are going to step into that directing role that are going to do a fantastic job. I, I just don't think I'm there yet. Fair enough. So for, forgive me, I think I've probably been told this a hundred times, but the, the, the one acts, they are for something specific, aren't they? Are they for festival or... No, I, th- I think that the, the idea behind them is, is that you, you know, if you want to try your hand at directing, oh. you can take a one day and then it's just, you know, one night there's these, these plays and then the next night there's these plays. So, and so 
get to try directing and then people get to do a show. I, I like it too because they're just a, like a nice, a nice little show. It's not a, a full full size show. So I think for a lot of people, especially people that are working that don't have the time to commit to something really big, this is, you know, it's a one night thing that, that you do. It's, it's great. It's, uh, and there's so much fun to come see because you get a little taste of all sorts of different things. So it is at the Imperial that they host them? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, and how, how often is that? Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not on the inside uh, oh. loop there. I don't have the scoop, but uh, I'm hoping that that's something that's going to happen again. Of course, COVID has thrown a wrench into everything, so I'm not sure what the plans are on a go forward. But, you know, I, I think that uh, the One Acts were very well received and it's such a great opportunity for people or for people that think they want to try acting that haven't before, people that haven't done it in years and want to start small like it's just such a great opportunity and you know the plays are great and you know listening to to henry's interview you know she's got all these great plays so you know there's no shortage of of awesome things that we could be doing so yeah i would love to go to henry's house and just peruse through that collection i know i agree so, uh, I mean, uh, having only worked with you just for that one play and being so fixated on myself and that, that monstrosity of a, um, a monologue, and I don't think, like, we, we hung out the one night together and ran lines, which was so yeah. beneficial. But other than that, I can't, like, we didn't have a lot of scenes together. What I'm trying to get to saying is, do you have a way that you go about learning your lines? You know, you know what's so funny? I find that the older I get, the harder it is to learn my lines. Like I, I remember back, you know, when I did the days of like Cyrano de Bergerac and and that, like that was they were like massive, massive amount of lines, and I learned them so easily. I have a much harder time now, the age that I am, learning my lines, and I, I, I don't know if that's just you know, life getting in the way and being busier, and or if it's that my brain is shriveling up in my head. Or, what's happening but um i tend to um record uh i have like a little tiny like handheld recorder and i'll record the scene and then i'll just play it play it play it play it play it but the best way for me to learn lines is to sit down with the rest of the cast and run them over and over and over again and i'll often record the other cast members if they're okay with it so that i can hear their voice and get used to how they say things because it helps me to sort of learn my cues that way but for me it's just repetition 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 and stressing out and, oh, you know a little stress sprinkled on top weighty sometimes be like oh i gotta sit down and do this it's yeah that's it's the worst part but it's so so great when you finally just get it i'll never forget yeah, that monologue ever it's always going to be yeah. in my brain good for you because i forget as soon as i'm done a show i i pretty much forget everything well to be it's fair fun. i've really only done the, the couple so right that and I, I mean wizard of oz that that's gone that's gone out of my brain but that monologue it's going to be there forever the thing i really i think that solidified a lot of my lines for for miracle and i'm curious to see if it was the same for you uh, it was rehearsals with miracle were all encompassing it seemed like everyone was always there from start to finish and you know we got to know each other's stuff that was going on and it, it was just a very immersive experience versus with, for me, with Wiz, I would just go in, say a couple lines and then go home. But there were... Every, every show is so different. 
Yeah, and I, I heard musicals are, are very much like that too, very like sort of segmented and then it all comes together and then it's a little bit chaotic again and this is what I've heard. I, I was so looking forward to experiencing that and I find that every show is different. Every director has a different vision. Every director has a different way of doing things. Some directors spend a lot of time, you know, asking you questions about who your character is and, and some directors like you to, you know, delve into their backstory and say, okay, like what else is going on with this character and, and allow you to sort of create the backstory for your character to help with your character development. And it's, everybody has a different way of doing it. And every show for me has been, has been a learning experience and has been a different experience. So, yeah, but I do know, I, I do know what you're saying about uh, Miracle was, uh, and it was so many kids too. So it was, it was busy. It was a busy show. Do you have a preference on rehearsal style that works better for you? I, I really, I love having a, a small cast. I love those small intimate shows where you really get to know each other and you're, you know, sort of the different nuances and, and you really get to, it's it's a more intense experience. Like a show with um, a version called Almost Maine and it was a bunch of like little vignettes and I had like one little piece with um, with Shane Davis and I had one little piece with Ryan Metzler and, and I liked that, even though it was different little pieces or different little stories. It was still a very small, cohesive cast, and that I, I really like that because it's you just get really close, hmm. you know, in the time that you go, and you really get to know each other's styles. and And then for character development, it just sort of evolves naturally. Whereas the bigger shows is a little harder to do that. It's you have to be a little bit more independent. Do you, Do you have a a process for yourself in creating your character? Um, no, not really. I, it, it all depends on, on who I'm playing. I don't know. I just, I, I find that for me, I have to get my lines down before I can develop my character. That I, I really struggle to, to know my character until I'm able to say my lines without my book. Um, whereas I think some people, that character development starts right at the beginning while they're still on book. I don't know. I think everybody's just very different that way. But for me, I just find that I'm able to develop my character better when I know my lines, and then I'm able to really dig deep and say, okay, well, maybe I'm going to say that this way instead, or like, what is, you know, this person's motivation for why they're saying that or why they're doing that. So for me, it, it really hinges on lines, which is why I get so stressed out about learning my lines, because I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of stuck mm -hmm. until I have the line, and then it starts to develop, so... Yeah, I have to agree with you. Leading up to that, when you get to that off-book stage, it, it f can feel very mechanical. You're saying the line, you're waiting for the other person to say their line, then you say your... Yeah. It's a back and forth, uh, and it is, yeah. it's kind of awkward and, and mechanical. But then right. when you're able to practice back and forth in a, in a more casual way... Yeah, so once, you, once you've got the lines, you can put the emotion in. So, like, one of my favorite roles to play is, is the, um, like... The tortured soul, like, you know, like, like, I love, I love to be angry on stage. I love really, like, strong emotions, like, really upset or really angry or like that type of stuff. And I find that I can't do that. I can't bring that to the character until I've got those lines down pat, then all that emotion can come in. And that's, that's when for me, it gets really exciting, right? Because I don't know what it is about being angry on stage that I enjoy so much. I, I don't know, maybe I need to speak to somebody about that. But anyway. <laughs> I wonder if it's a, like a catharsis. Like you, you have a very public job and you're a mom. Like there's probably a lot of, I, I assume, and forgive me for putting words in your mouth, but I assume there's a lot of pressures on you to stay calm. And, Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yep. So then being on stage and being not only allowed to scream and yell, but encouraged. Right, right, right. It's very healing. It's, gosh, I need me some theater right now. I really, <laughs> I got a lot of yelling to do. <laughs> I want that for you. I, and I kind of want to join you. Can we just like, maybe we can rent the theater for a couple hours and just yell. A screaming session, <laughs> just to find something angry to scream at each other for a little while. Just get it all out. We should approach other people who'll be in though I, I really do I, I was just gonna say we should pitch this to brian austin jr because i feel like there's a marketing <laughs> there's money to be made here absolutely we'd like to rent the theater for a streaming session please <laughs> preferably for free but you know <laughs> so, oh my god i'm choking because i'm laughing so much so we're getting down to like towards towards to the end of of the show and uh, I always like to give people an opportunity to, to talk about whatever you want. If there's, it, it doesn't have to be theater related. It can be anything you want to bring awareness to or uh, give kudos to or promote anything, anything at all. The floor is yours. Well, I've already sort of, I think, done that. You know, I, I can't say enough good things about all of the people in the theater. Everybody there I just love so much. And, and just the, the support and the, and the love and the family that I found there and and you know it's so important I think because oh I think a lot of us and I'm speaking on behalf of a, a lot of people and some people may disagree with me but I think there are quite a few of us who don't feel like they fit in you know and and maybe struggle with self-esteem or struggle with you know mental health and and I'm one of those people right so I just I, I find such a sense of family there and such a sense of belonging and you know I, I don't feel like I'm being judged and that's so important that's so important, and and you know that that theater family it just it's it saved me when I was young, you know, when I was a teenager struggling in high school because high school was not great for me. Um, you know, there was bullying, there was a lot of stuff, and you know I've struggled with depression my whole life, and theater is just such a it keeps me sane. It keeps me sane. It is so important for my mental health as as an actor and as as a you know somebody who's involved with the theater but also for the people coming to the theater, you know, that's a, that's a break from the everyday. And let's face it, the last two years have been really hard on everybody. And I think that the theater is so important and I, I really hope we get back into it. And I think that we're going to see people coming out in droves because we need it. We need it. You know, that is such a beautiful point to be made that it is a safe place for both the actors and the audience. Everybody Absolutely. comes to that that kind of sacred ground, for lack of a better word, to find that escapism from the drudgery of life, whatever it may right. be. So. Right. And and the people there, you know, I, I found my people there, right? The people that are that are like me, people that, you know, and I can say, you know, I'm feeling really awkward about this, or I just, you know, I don't feel really comfortable in my own skin. And guaranteed, there's gonna be somebody there who's like, oh, I totally can relate to that. Or, or if I say, you know, I, I'm a, an extroverted introvert, whatever that is, and, and, and so many people are like, oh, yeah, I totally get that. Because, you know, that's just theater people are a special breed of people, a little biased. I'm with you. They are the best. Proud to be calling myself one. But, yeah, no, I, I can't agree with you anymore. It is a, a group of, of weirdos and, like you said, extroverted introverts that so many people say the same thing, that they, they go to the theater to be a certain type of person or to be anybody but themselves and right. then they love being the introvert at home it's interesting to see how similar yeah. we all are so and then you look at the level of support you know there so i mean 
great example of that is, you know, um, listening to Charmaine's interview, which, by the way, made me bawl my eyes out. Um, and, about, you know, some of the people that we've lost and, and talking about how, uh, you know, our theatre community has really stepped up when we lost Anthony. And, and just, I mean, that that speaks volumes about the people there. And, you know, uh, I have a hard time talking about all of that yeah, stuff. Of it just it, And it, it said a lot about Anthony, too, the impact that I, he had as well. We better get get that topic wrapped up, or we're both going to be sitting here like a couple of yeah, we, blubber. And I didn't wear the waterproof mascara, and perhaps I I should. Have. <laughs> I am so glad that you took the time for me. It means the world. Just getting to see your gorgeous little face again, like my heart Aww. could not be any happier. Happier. So thank you. Likewise. Thank likewise. You. Um. <clears throat> uh. So yeah. I, I, expected to see you sitting there with you know your cats lined up and then I would have my cats lined up and then we could just have like a you know. kitty play date <laughs> right anyway okay thank you so much lady enjoy the rest of your Saturday and thank you for doing this this is uh, this is pretty awesome and I'm loving listening to everybody's interviews and and learning things about people that I've known for so long it's just awesome so thank you for that it's great Thanks for saying that okay okay bye <laughs> bye talk to you later Okay, kids, that's everything for this week. Hey, Brian Austin Jr., if you're listening, you have my permission to use the uh, screaming session thing, but you might want to check with Shauna, too, before you launch it. <laughs> Next week's guest is the lovely Cassandra Lynn Smith. See you then.